Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Hey friends, it's Fearless Friday on the Make Life Matter podcast, and each Friday I share a short but impacting devotion, or I introduce you to some of my fearless friends who are making their life matter for the kingdom, and that's what's happening today. My special guest is Liz Dufresne, and Liz is an ordained minister. She's a conference and retreat speaker, and she serves as the women's director for the Pendel Network of the Assemblies of God and such an amazing network. I've been to her conference and their spring tours, which we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. She is a first generation Christian, and she's going to invite us into her story and share what that has looked like for her. And so she really appreciates the gift of salvation and she wants everyone to experience a real authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. Prior to this position, she served in ministry alongside her husband, Steve, at Morning Star Fellowship, a thriving church in Pennsylvania. She loves people. She loves excellence. And she loves seeing the next generation of women embrace everything that God desires for them. And then listen, if you're listening and you're a man, don't tune out because she's going to help us understand what the challenges are that women are facing today and what God is saying to us as women. And all of us can benefit from this conversation. And here's a fun fact. She's a twin. And many times her sister, Teresa, is mistaken for her. And Teresa loves people too. So it's all good. So Liz, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Well, thanks. It's just great to be here. Well, I've done so much with your life, Angela, and it's just amazing to watch it. Well, thank you. I feel the same way. And I met you through our mutual friend, Ruth Paleo. I've been friends with her for so many years. And uh, she was formerly the director of what was uh, Pendel Women of Purpose, now Pendel Women. So I met you maybe just a year before COVID at one of our spring tours. And, um, you know, just your love for the Lord and your love for women, especially is just contagious. But something new that I learned today is that you are a first generation Christian. So right there, I know there's a story to be told. So share with us a little bit about your story and how you move from being a, you know, apparently not raised in the church in a role of leadership like you have today. Yeah, it's really, I mean, God's been so good to me, but I was, um, I was brought up in, in the Catholic church, mm. but unfortunately when I was two years old, our father died. Mm. So I was raised in a single family home. And, um, when I was five years old, my twin sister and I were in a bit of a car accident. Um, in those days you didn't have to, you know, strap your kids in, in car seats. And so we were in the front seat of our car, of my mom's car at my grandmother's house. She went in, into, to my grandmother and left us in the car. And my twin sister pulled the emergency brake. Oh, our started like going down this small alley. It wasn't like going, you know, wasn't fast, but enough that I remember clearly saying, let's jump out. So we jumped, both jumped out of the car, one on both sides of the car. And, and she just got a few scratches. I fractured my pelvis and was in the hospital for a month. Didn't know if I'd have children, but the long story short of that was at that moment, we did not have a car anymore. That was the last car we had. My mom's long story realized she had one eye all of her life. Lots of crazy things happening in my life. So 
when my father died, she moved us to a suburb in Pittsburgh and we went to the Catholic church, but we had to walk. So we, I didn't really go, you know, I went as far enough to get my first confirmation, my confirmation. And then I never went back again because who, you know, wasn't that interesting to me. And we had to walk to church. So eventually some friend from my, I had an older sister invited her to church And we went to this Assembly of God Church and for the first time, actually to a youth group on a Tuesday night. And literally, I was just 12 years old. And for the first time, I heard about really about Jesus on my growing up years. I never knew anything. I mean, if you would have asked me when I got confirmed, I remember my um, the my godmother said, do you want twenty five dollars or a Bible? Because I'll never forget it, because I said a Bible (laughs) would want a Bible. So I won $25. I mean, that's how unchurched, you know, I I was. But for the first time, I heard that Jesus loved me and had a plan for my life. And I can remember the moment at five years old in the front of this tiny little church. I was back there at Mother's Day this year at at my home church. And a little church asked Christ to come into my heart and literally changed everything. I mean, there's such a story because we didn't have a car. How did I even get to church all those years? Yeah. And truthfully, it was the kindness, the kindness of people that my twin sister and I never miss a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, a Wednesday night, any youth activity. That church just loved us and saw, saw that we could have a future. I ended up going to Bible college, you know, about my husband. I mean, my sons are in the ministry today. It just... And it really goes back to the kindness of people. Mm. And you know, you just don't know when you're when you're just doing something that seems minimal. In God's eyes, you're doing something amazing and changing generations to come. So I mean, I'll always pick up people for church, that's for sure. If I somebody I needs a ride, I'm coming. Yes. I love yeah. that. And I, I feel like it just is confirming as we're going into this new year. We've had two years of this pandemic and so many changes and not that we don't embrace the online. My husband and I passed her outside of DC and we're grateful, but yeah. you're just, again, confirming Liz, just the value of being in community. Oh, yes. There's, no, there's and, nothing like it. Yeah. And having someone, you know, take you there and being in, in the presence of other people that are believers and hearing the message, not that we can't hear it online for some people, that's their only option, but right. I just encourage you if you're listening and you've been hesitant to go back to church there isn't yeah. anything like it. There isn't. You know, there just really there isn't. isn't. And uh, we need you and you need us. So we need each other. And that yes. only happens when we come together. So thank you for sharing that part of your story. And it even helps me understand more why you have such a heart for women, especially. And, um, you know, as you're serving women, Liz, I would love to know, especially if we're starting this new year, we've come out of so much and a lot of difficulty, adversity. Uh, for for men and women, but what do you sense that God is saying to women now as we kind of approach a new year and a new season? Yeah, I think, I think we're going into a season where just like coming to church, I mean, when I did the conference, you know, in November, um, you could just tell that those that were there were just craving for the experience of being there, right? We, We are so tired of the whole mask thing, I think everybody's just had had it with being apart. And so I think more than ever, as we go into 2022, I think I think women need to 
to be who we really are. We're nurturing who we are. This, mm. this, the pandemic, pandemic kind of pushed everybody into your own little space, right? You had to kind of hide out, you know, and it's in some ways when you hide out like that too long, you start to question your ability of even going out there anymore, right? Because you kind of get not used to talking, interacting with people anymore. And you begin to kind of question, do they really like me? Is this, you know, we're all, we all live with these insecurities. And so it's time in 2022 to say, no, there's a world out there that needs Jesus. We need to get up and go out again and do the things that we know to do because people, we need, we need to touch people's lives. Mm. So my, my thing is, you know, as we go, as we start the year, we'll do a spring tour and, and go to three locations and one in Pittsburgh, one in Philadelphia and in Delaware. And um, they'll all be live streamed. So if you don't like, you know, you can pick your, pick your date. <laughs> Just great. That's the one thing that would come out of all the pandemic, maybe a good thing. But there's the fact of gathering together again. I I just saw you just you just cannot. There is no it's I've done the online. You know, we we did the online. We had to do it for a year and uh, there's nothing like being together. I agree. And I think it was kind of a novelty at first. It was kind of exciting and new and something fresh. And then you get tired and then you get weary and then you miss people. And you, you touched on something that I found a very interesting development. I too, Liz felt like you get a little bit anxious. You've been at home and kind of hermiting. And then all of a sudden you kind of get back out and you have this added fear component that everyone's been, you know, that's just a fear frenzy, basically. So yeah. you really have to push through things. It's, it's unlike anything we've ever experienced on so many levels. And I think we've emerged differently for a while. Yeah. We kept saying, oh, we're going to go back to normal. We can't wait. But, you know, that's really not what's happened. We're emerging different for better and for worse. And I know you personally even had to make a lot of adjustments and changes in the way that you led. So with all these pivots, you know, right. we talk here on the podcast about even finding miracles, discovering miracles in the middle of the mess. So talk us through some of the changes you had to make as a leader. I know that's going to inspire and encourage some leaders here and, and how you still saw God moving in the middle, even in the middle of all of this that we've been through. Right. Well, when I, when I, as, when I serve as the woman's director, I try to think of it like this. My job is to direct it, right? I'm not, I don't feel like I am. My job is to like, you know, be the person out there in front of everybody all the time. That's, that's not who I am. I, I think what the pandemic has done, it has caused, we've had so many meetings, lots of Zoom meetings with my team. And as we've done it, it's a great time to see like who shines in different areas and just start to elevate people in different areas. When you see them shine, then you want to give them opportunities. And so I, I, I do think this has been a good season for seeing who people are because everybody who you are, you know, it's been hard to hide during this pandemic, right? So yeah. I think who you are has come to the surface in so many ways. And I've seen, um, you know, we've done racial things. We've done talks on lots of different things and it's opened, it's opened our eyes. It stretched us. So, you know, some of the the things that the enemy means means for harm, God means for good. And so if you can live through it, that's what I always think. If you can live through this and just keep going, much of everything I do, I feel like all the time that maybe, Angela, you feel like this in a lot of challenges God gives us, that you'll think, I can't. You're like, you'll face something and think, "I I just can't. I just do not have the capacity. God, you know better. Mm-hmm. I don't have the capacity to do this, but then because there is no choice, 
that you just keep, it's like pushing a rock up a hill and you think it's, how is this ever going to happen? And all of a sudden you're looking and said, well, that happened. That happened as far as going online. That happened as far as creating a retreat for leaders. Like, you know, that, that happened last year. We created a retreat just for leaders. I mean, those were things we didn't have before. And I think, okay, guys, in these, in these crazy moments, what are you saying? I always, the words I always say is, Lord, I'll, I'll do whatever you say. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> Just tell me what to do. And I'm going for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think the hard thing is, is God, what are you saying? Yeah. And it's definitely made us step back and listen a little more. Don't you think? Oh, a hundred percent. And I think like you just said, things will emerge. And then we think, you know what? I would have never, even this podcast. I mean, to be honest, had I been traveling all the time or doing other things, this came right. I, I launched the podcast right at the, at the pandemic and I'd had a car accident. So both of those things prohibited me from being able to travel and God in his mercy and providence had set up the podcast just weeks before that. So I feel like you were just talking about something emerging, the leaders retreat, some other things. If we could look back and say, you know what, as hard as the pandemic has been, as hard as all this change has been, X, Y, and Z would not have happened. Not only inside of us, internal change and, and new dependency on God, but also some external things, some new ideas or new strategies or new, I think we get so fixed in a box and then something so disruptive happens that we have, like you said, no choice, but to push the rock and think, okay, God, what's, what's a way of doing this that I've never thought of before. That's so scary, but yeah. I, I, I just see over and over as I talk to leaders, Liz, that has been a real thread is that, okay, we would have never thought to do it x way or we would have never thought of that idea until this happened and you know what is when i was when i was on the team with ruth you know and i always joke with ruth still great friends that had i known i was going to take over (laughs) and then we're going to hit a pandemic i would have said like no thank you if this was if i had known obviously thank god you don't know Mm. but i remember as a team we would talk about um live streaming the conference and it would just become so it was such a big rock that we, you know, because it's not done in a church, it's done, in the, it's the whole different thing when you're bringing everything in. It, we, it, we would talk about it and we'd just be like, it's too hard, can't do it, mm-hmm. and just close it. And now the pandemic hits. And so what happens? We have to live stream everything. And so the thing that seems so impossible to me because of the expense and everything, I just watched happen. Wow. You know, because it had to happen that way. So it's amazing. Just even the way they hosted it offsite, not these young girls hosting it. And I, you know, I'm watching it afterwards and thinking these girls are brilliant how they did it. So I get to watch these young women coming up behind me and, you know, and, and just kind of give them opportunities and to see if Lord, I don't know who's, in, who's following me next, but God, you do. But to put all these, my, I love getting these women on the stage and, you know, stretching them and saying, come on, girls, you can do this. And just cheering, cheering that next generation on. And so I feel pretty strongly about my time of doing this and, you know, and making room for the next person. Mm. So it just, we just keep it going and God will have something else for me to do. Well, and I think if we can embrace whatever assignment God gives us that way, then our frame around it is different because we're not holding on so tightly. We're looking for, who does God want me to collaborate with? Who am I passing batons to? Who am I empowering? Like you're saying, seeing these young women up there, 
Um, We've seen the same thing even inside our church as young leaders, you know, helping us be creative, helping us think outside the box. And that keeps you fresh and relevant. It doesn't change the message, but the methods can always be updated to be more relevant and to reach as many people. I always think if Paul had lived through the pandemic, Liz, you know, that scripture that says, I make myself all things to all people so that by some means I could win some, like he would just be all over all of these methods. And in some regards, he would probably be jealous of the fact that we have, you know, he could only physically be in one place at a time, get on a ship or go, you know, and we have such capabilities to to so much more than, than even what the first century church afford, you know, was afforded. And you also touched on something and that was this, the capacity to um, we don't think we have the capacity for something that's until right. We're forced to do <laughs> until we have the choice. Right. Yeah. I'm, I just see that over and over that God is stretching and how else can he can stretch our capacity, Liz, unless he gives us situations that demand more, right. That's then right. That's right. That's otherwise right. We'll stay in the same position. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always, I mean, there hasn't been, I mean, I put my head, you know, I've, I've been on my knees down in my family room, just in tears, like crying saying, Lord, this is bigger than me. Why did you ask me to do, you know, in the middle of all this, I can't. And then, you know, you have your moment and then you get up, you sense God's presence and said, now, Lord, Lord, show me, help me to like, you know, figure this out. I mean, I've learned more little programs and, you know, say more technology than I ever thought possible That's so true. Because, because you had to. And so, so in, the, in some ways, I mean, I think I am so grateful for the opportunity to get to lead this. If you would have told me, you know, 12 year, a little girl, not, no parents going to church with you. I mean, I mean, in my, in my lifetime, even, you know, my mom, because she didn't drive, she, she was not, you know, she would, she would not get mother of the year award. Let's just say that she's gone to be with Jesus. And I'm, I've had a great last five years with her, which was, was such a blessing, but you know, in all of it, God brought people around me that took the spaces, Mm. you know, and that, and that is really, that is really what God does for our life. If I don't have any, I don't, I don't look back with sadness. I look back with gratitude and say, God, you have been so faithful in my life. Wow. With so many amazing people around me. It's not even funny anymore, you know? Yeah. And if we could just put that frame around our circumstances, because you could have chosen to be angry or bitter, but instead it's actually frame the way you, you minister to other people, the way you think you said, I, I, I won't hesitate to take someone to church. I think someone yeah. who's, who's experienced a pain point in an area is so much more sensitive and compassionate, um, especially in that same area. So I'm just, I think it's such encouragement to anyone who's listening. Maybe you're starting this new year thinking, I just don't know if I have the capacity to do. Yeah. We don't know what's coming. You know, we really don't know from month to month. We think we do. We want to think that we're moving out of this, but we just have to trust that we, we really do. And it's not because of our strength. It's because we have the Holy spirit in us. If you've given your life to Christ and you're listening, then, then the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. So that in those moments that we feel so frail, so fragile, so like you said, if you would have told me, I would have said, no, like we have no idea what God is going to ask of us in these assignments, but that's all throughout scripture you know, it's not new disruption is all throughout scripture. And then God using ordinary men and women 
to just step up and enlarge their capacity, whether it's Deborah or Esther or Paul, or it's all over the place. You know, there wasn't smooth sailing for them. It was difficulty. And yet God enabled them to have the strength they needed to do it. So I think your story just inspires so many of us, not only to just push through whatever obstacle we might be facing, um, like you said, get on your, get on our knees, you know, kiss, <laughs> hug the carpet, you have some carpet time and say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. But because um, I think Liz, to be frank, I think people see leaders like you um, or, you know, just women leading in high level positions and you make it look easy. You make it look effortless. And I think it looks glamorous. I don't think people truly understand the, the cost that is associated um, the, the tremendous amount of travail that you're doing. Speak to that for just a second before we kind of close our time for someone who might be thinking, oh yeah, well, it's so easy for you to lead. I, I know that's not true because <laughs> I live that kind of a life, but uh, how can we kind of close that gap of understanding and help people to know, look, we're all, we're all dealing with some of the same situation. Yeah, I think, I think leading um, is lonely. It can be very lonely at times because you're, you, you're, you really have to get the vision, right? So you have to make it clear so people can follow it. And that takes time by yourself in some ways before you collaborate with other people on how this is all going to happen. I would assume, I think the reason I was able to step into this position is because for all those years I served beside Ruth and, you know, people, people don't know all that. I was on her team for 10 years and, and really for those 10 years, I don't remember ever being in a conference, even though I was at every conference, you know, said I was at every conference, but I was always behind the scenes and always doing whatever it would take to make it happen. And so some people, the first, I remember in 2019, when I stood on the stage, I'm like, well, this is what it looks like to be up here. Wow. This is what everybody's experiencing. Because I cared so much about everybody experiencing a great time in the presence of God, I was willing to serve behind the scenes. So when people come up to me and say, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do your job. And people have I want that job in two years. I'm going to take it. And, you know, if they're not serving somewhere and, you know, then I think, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're not. Because the person, what does Jesus say? If you want to be like Jesus, you have to serve. And so yeah. I, I, I think who you are has to be a regular, normal person that just loves Jesus and wants to serve people. And when you're, and when you're that, whether you're standing, I'm as comfortable standing on a stage as I am cleaning a toilet. As long as somebody's doing it, it's all part of the, there's no better job. Mm. And that's how I look at leading. There's no, like the big job, it's not on stage, it's doing whatever has to happen to make those people coming have an opportunity to experience Jesus. Mm, that's, that's, so that's what leading is. That's, that's how I see leading. Yeah. So, and what a great message to share with the next generation, because I think, you know, it's the YouTube generation that just thinks I'm just going to instantly be, you know, famous with a million followers. And that's just not the right mentality. And you're reminding us again, if you want the big, what we think are the big God assignments, and let's even put that in air quotes, you know, if you're not, if you're listening, you're not seeing my air quotes, but what we deem big sometimes is not what God calls big. And so God just calls us to serve, let him choose the assignment, let him choose what the assignment looks like, the timing, the, what we would consider the the size or breadth of that, but your willingness to just serve wherever 
um, was obviously the foundation, the prerequisite to being able to serve in the capacity that God has allowed us, you know, you to, to be so uh, just tremendously used now um, in one of the largest women's conferences across our country. And so, you know, I'm just grateful because if you said no, one of those steps, you know, we might not be where we are right now. That's a powerful message for those of you that are listening. Maybe you're younger and thinking, well, I just want God to use me. I want God to do something big through me. And there's nothing wrong with asking God to use you. We want him to use us. But if we can just say, God, like you said earlier, Liz, what are you saying? Mm -hmm. Listen for that. And then how do you want me to serve? Where do you want me to serve? Because if our, if our posture is service, then the leading will come. But if That's we're right. looking for the leadership role and we're, we're skipping the serving, it's never going to happen that way. And uh, I would just tell you this story is over and over in the lives of leaders. It's it's the, the heart posture behind that. We see someone once they've arrived, quote unquote, or they have that position, but we don't necessarily see all the little tiny decisions that led up to that being the kind of person that God can use. So Thank you, Liz, for all the yeses you gave God along the way. And you mentioned the spring tour. So I want to make sure people know how they can connect with Pendel women because they can still be a part of things online. And uh, whether they're listening here in the States or other places, they might want to be a part of your spring tour or your fall conference. So share a bit about that and how they can find all of that online. Sure. If they go to a pendelwomen.org. Now, when in the conferences will launch, those events will start to launch in the new year and they can um, just find the information. There'll be several choices. There'll be Philadelphia, Pittsburgh uh, and Dover. And then next November, we're going back to Hershey Lodge. They say that is the sweetest place on earth. And hey. it, really, it really is sweet being there. So that's just a great time also. So there, and we'll be at, we're, we're going to do a couple of Dream Center trips. I love those trips oh, of yes. the summer, you know, so I love people to experience what it's, what it's like to serve mm-hmm. in those cities, you know, and because sometimes churches have those opportunities and sometimes Sometimes they don't. And so I want ladies to experience it. So they take it back to their churches. Oh, I love that. I've been to your spring tour. Well, I've, I've, I've spoken at some of your spring tours and I've sung at Hershey's. So now I need to go to the dream center trip. That's the one thing I haven't done. They're a blast. Oh, I would love it. I've met Tommy Barnett and, and his son at a conference last year in Phoenix. And boy, I would love to be a part of a dream center and just see another opportunity of, of how God's using people and, so, so, and spell that for people, um, Liz Pendel. I want to make sure it's, I don't yes. spell it. It's P-E-N-N-D-E-L, women, yep. W-M-E-N dot org. Yeah, just in case they yep. put two N's or two L's or whatever. And I'll put that in my show notes as well. Yep. So if you're a woman and listening and you want to join online, or if you live in the Pennsylvania, Delaware area and you want to be part of it, but I wanted to make sure you got to hear Liz's voice because she is a a powerful voice in our generation. And you can see why, because she has a heart to serve. She has a heart for the Lord and she has a heart for the next generation and to see God raise up men and women to be who he's called them to be. So thank you so much, Liz. I'm so honored to know you, my fearless friend who pushed through all that you did the last two years. I'm Just- honored to know you too, Angela. <laughs> Using you makes me proud to be your friend. Oh, yeah. thank you so much, Liz. Well, I would love for you to pray over our audience as we kind of end our time, especially anyone who maybe feels like they just don't have the capacity for the assignment God has given them, because I know you can speak directly hope and encouragement into our hearts tonight. 
Sure. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just bring anybody that is listening to this podcast or will listen to it, Lord. Father, I ask that you would touch their lives and their heart, God, that they, if they were feeling overwhelmed, God, that you would just wrap your arms around them and, and let them know that it's there's no need to be overwhelmed when we trust you, that God, you give us the idea, you give us the ability, Father, and you help us complete the tasks that you call us to do. So, Father, I, I pray for those that are listening, God, that they would rise up in this next year, Father, that they would go do the assignment that you've called them to do, Lord, that they would get back into churches, Father, and they would serve. Lord, help us to look like you to the world that we live in, Father. Help us to be a light in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.